welcome back to the Game Week 11 episode of Premier League Across the Podcast. Today, I, uh, Joey, am one of your hosts. I'm joined by one of our, our normal podcast members, Joshua Russell. How's it going, everybody? And we're also, unfortunately, Fu is absent tonight. Um, he's uh, out with uh, his gal and I think, one of the Norwegian countries. So we have uh, his replacement here, one of our good friends. His name is Bryce. He's a, a big Brighton supporter through thick and thin. He's been with them for the championship and now in their great run in, in the Premier League. Bryce, it, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, buddy. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I hope I have a, a great debut today. This dude knows yeah, everything. Everything from he everything. Be ready. He's got all his. He's a, he's he's a massive uh, he's a massive supporter of Brighton, but also just uh, he's so much knowledge about the Premier League in general. So we're excited to have him on. And speaking of debuts, we are going to try out a new little trivia. Um, New little trivia session tonight. So Josh is going to get us started on that. He's been preparing it for the, the last couple of days. So it should be a good one. So uh, Bryce and I are going to participate in it, but we also encourage every listener to participate in it. And we're going to reveal the answers at the end of the podcast. So Josh, yeah. you want to take that away? Be ready. I'm about to test everybody's knowledge real quick. But we just thought it'd be a fun way to keep everybody a little engaged in the podcast. And uh, so, yeah, I wrote uh, 10 questions. Grab a pen and paper, get the notes app open on your phone, get your brain going. I'm going to ask 10 questions now, and then right at the end of the episode, Joey and Bryce will give me their guesses, and then I'll give the answers to everybody. Um, all right, here is the first question. In 2020-2021 Premier League season, who scored more goals, Jordan Ayew or Olivier Giroud? Question number two, rank these four players in number of goals scored in European competitions in just group stage and onward, not qualifying. All three of the major European competitions, Conference League, Champions League, and Europa League. <laughs> the four players are Aubameyang, Lacazette, Hummin's son, Harry Kane. So rank those four in terms of goals scored in their career in European competitions. So in, in, gr in group stage and on. And onward. Yep. Got it. Wow. Got it. Aubameyang, Lacazette, Harry Kane, and Son? Yep. Okay. Once you have them in terms of goals scored, now rank them in terms of appearances in European matches. Same deal. No qualifying. Three major that's competitions. The, that's, that's the third one. Yep. Goals scored and then appearances. All right, question number four. How to get it suited to our main man, Bryce. Which of these former Brighton players has the most Instagram followers? Ooh. Ali Reza Yahanbash, <laughs> Anthony oh, wow. Knockart, or Ben White? <laughs> that's such a good, honestly. I feel like that's a great question. One. So it's Yahanbash. I'm, I'm botching that pronunciation. And Ben White. Okay. Now, after you have them in terms of most followers, rank them in who, which of them follows the most people. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So those are all, that's uh, five questions. Question number six, what two clubs have Tuchel and Klopp both managed? Oh, 
What two clubs have Tuchel and Klopp both managed? It's a good one. And the next question, which one of them has won more DFB Pokals as a manager? That's the, like, FA Cup equivalent, right? Yep. Yep. All right, question number eight. Who has the highest expected goals in the Premier League this season? XG Merchants. It's, it's, yeah, XG Merchants, Brighton. XG Merchants. Uh, first hint, one hint, no Brighton player. Okay, question number nine. Who has the most yellow cards in the Premier League this year? And the hint I will give is one player has five yellow cards and has already been suspended for a match. So who is that player? <laughs> and the last question is, what defender had this career path before coming to the Premier League? His senior career. He went, it's a defender. He went from Lille to PSG to Roma to Barcelona, and then to the Premier League. What defender went from Lille to PSG to Roma to Barcelona and then to the Premier League? All right, that's the 10 questions. Um, feel free to pause whatever you need to do to make sure you get all those. And I will reveal these at the end of the episode. So stay tuned. Wow, those are some good questions. Thanks for that, Josh. Yeah, great question. All right, so let's let's move into um, one of the big headlines from this past week, and it was something we touched on a lot last week, as as Fu termed it, the coined it, the Sakio. Uh, obviously, United come away with a big result at Tottenham Hotspur uh, in North London. Ronaldo showing his class and. You know, you had several pundits saying he was a 2 out of 10 despite his goals, but obviously that's what Ronaldo has done. He's just delivered the, the you know, the final product, and he, it seems like he's kind of dragging United uh, at the neck right now and just trying to keep them up. But uh, what did you guys think of the match? And, and Josh, uh, you know, specifically, what did you make of Tottenham's performance? And, and then we'll go into everything else, the downfall after that. Oh, my God. El Sacchio champions 2021. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, in terms of the actual match, I mean, that was Taylor's all his time from Spurs. Zero shots on target. 90 minutes, man. That's as, as oh, tough as it comes from us. We just Lord. we seem to love to do that under Nuno, and uh, he got the door. I don't know. I forget who said. I think some of you guys were thinking that uh, he was probably going to get canned if we lost both the man either of the managers, and uh, rightfully so was was canned. But the actual match, I mean, fair play to United. They nicked their chances. We didn't create enough, um, and uh, they got it done. I mean, yeah. I'll say when I was listening to the pod last week. And Fu uh, dubbed it El Sacchio. I thought that was hilarious for one. But for two, I mean, I thought if anyone was to be sacked, it was Ola. I thought Nuno, even with the loss, is probably safe. I even said to you guys, I mean, it's early on. But when you look at Spurs and you look at the way they were playing, I think, honestly, that is kind of what nudged Spurs in the direction of letting him go. Because on the pitch, it was just dreadful. I mean... No need to really dwell on it for long, but it was just super poor. I mean, the body language of the players, like, Kane just looked miserable out there. And I don't know. It's, it's like, honestly disheartening to see 
because I thought they had a pretty decent squad for the season. And I thought Nuno was going to at least solidify the team. But clearly, if anything, they just regressed. So, I mean, kind of shocking, honestly, shocking performance. But I think it's probably for the best. And I think that Spurs can be optimistic going forward at the very least. Yeah, there, I I definitely agree with that we regressed. I mean, like, we've looked bad recently, but, like, it's just a new level of bad. I mean, like, I've, like, watched other matches and, like, players, like, actually, like, have, like, good plays and good shots and score good goals, and we don't have almost any of that. Um, and it's a collective thing, um, and it's not just Nuno. Um, but, yeah, it's a culmination of a lot of things, and we're five wins, five losses in the Premier League and, like, ninth, and it's just... It's not the spot that we need to we we should be in. So things had to change. Uh, I mean, Joey, what, yeah. any, anything before we get uh, into yeah, that? No, I was just I I think I think following the match, just you could just tell that he had lost the dressing room. I mean, you, you just he's never looked way, like he's had it. I don't know if he's ever yeah, looked like he's had it. I don't know. After City, the first match we talked about, they were on a bit of a cloud like cloud nine i mean it was a great performance it looked like everybody was like working so hard despite kane like you know his situation soaping up in the air but it's just you know i mean whether he's ha ever had it completely or not like you totally knew after this like the way they performed and just the way they were i don't know just the way they like like bryce said the body language on the field it was just you just knew that he didn't have the players full backing now and so honestly credit to um uh, Credit to Levy and, and the Spurs board, Spurs board for making, you know, the, the change, you know, the, the tough decision, I guess, that they needed to. And, and realizing that they had made a mistake, obviously, they probably, I guess there was, you know, discrepancies between Conte and them, like, during the summer on both sides, which is why he didn't come in. But, you know, they, they accepted their mistake and said, look, like, you know, we need you, like, we... <laughs> If you know, if we want to have a good season and try to win some some silverware, so Josh, what do you make of that content? Yeah. And what do I you mean, think moving forward? Well, real quick, I, I was just looking at the table. I literally laughed. I hope you can see in the video. I didn't even realize this. We're tied for second least goal score in the league. It goes Norwich three nine goals, goals and, and then Southampton and us at nine goals. That's tied for so it's Norwich and, and the most, us and Southampton. And That's Mo horrific. Mosala, ten goals. Nine goals, nine goals, right there. I, I think before we get into Conte, the Nuno era, I just think we should take a second to talk about. I don't know if we should appreciate it. I mean, <laughs> we should appreciate it. Get out of here. I'm gonna uh, miss him, mate. Like, what is it? What even was that? I mean, that is one of the oddest things I've ever seen in my life. I, ten games in a season, and you're gone at Spurs. I, I, the only thing I can think of, it's like barely any lessons forget about it hopefully is that clearly he was literally just seventh on the list and you could tell he was seventh yeah. on the list and yeah. all I think all of these Premier League clubs like the big clubs it is like it's not just anybody anything can do it you need like a whole project a whole effort a whole plan and it's not just something you can just swing a bat at and hope it goes over the fence like you really have to work for it I think that's the only lesson I think I can take out of this yeah, and Josh, like, it's interesting because, I mean, at the beginning of the season, three games, three wins, and, you know, you think that they at least have some sort of, like, foundation to build on. And with Nuno, I mean, I, I don't know. There was signs at the beginning. I thought we were going to see the reemergence of certain players like Delhi. Um, you know, there's certain things that were put in place that I thought were at least, like, attractive ideas, such as, like, Ndombele coming in and kind of balling out and, 
in certain games. And I don't know, it's just like you said, to your point, I think like, you know, that was an excellent point of he at the end of the day was seventh on the list or, you know, far down. And I mean, it was a strange appointment for sure. Like when you first see it and you don't think it's like necessarily a very attractive one, but at least an appointment that can maybe steady the ship. But um, it didn't uh, clearly, and if anything, Rocky waves. Sh- Rocky yeah, waves. if anything, the the ship was having a much worse time. So I, I mean, the, I think- the Darbies. I I I, I don't know yeah. if I'll ever. Honestly, get over that's that. that's why. I mean, you have to think about it. That's why because, and not to cut you guys off, but I mean, as for other Spurs managers, obviously, like when you come in right at the beginning of the year, it's kind of easy to. You know, because there, there's been nothing prior, it's easy to take that blank slate and just think, oh, they started off so well and they were crap, you know, for the next whatever life. So it's, it's easy it was, to point. It was say, three whatever, lucky but, 1-0 wins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But you've had managers, honestly, who have maybe not performed worse or, like, their teams have performed worse for Spurs, but probably in the past that, you know, have picked up maybe less points, you know, and – but just the way about they were going and doing it most of the games, like it wasn't like they were draw, you know, they like drawing games. Like it was just, you know, obviously they haven't drawn this year. Undrawables, like, been, let's go again. Yeah, yeah, undrawables again. But um, you just have to think like it was, it was sort of that like blatant discrepancy that kind of um, just kind of forced the the card in the, the hands of um, of the owners and just I guess the board of directors at Tottenham just to say, hey, look, I mean, this guy's. Is clearly not what we need right now, and um, I mean, in a way, I feel bad for Nuno a little bit just because yeah. I'm not sure yeah. he he really was. He just didn't have that much time. I don't think you know, as as a manager, would probably like going into the preseason and off season and um, and just trying to implement his philosophy and stuff. And obviously, he didn't really get that much time actually at Spurs, but um yeah it's just uh, just tough but um, I mean that's the way the Premier League is it's cutthroat you know you have to get results whether you're playing pretty football or not and they weren't playing pretty football and they weren't getting results and to go back to the London derbies I mean that for the fans that's such a massive thing too like the players like let's say you beat a Arsenal you know you win at West Ham like in and maybe you were to drop another game instead like those are still so important for the psyche of the players just because like those are such big matches and obviously the fans care so much about them and and it does so much good for the managers long being too because you know it's just when you're beating other clubs in London it's like you almost could give a give a toss about the rest of the league and um but he didn't get those results and ultimately he probably got what was coming so yeah, I think that's a perfect transition because I said in past episodes, I'm never a fan of quick fires, and I think you need to give managers time, um, and that's why I didn't think Spurs should fire Nuno. However, when you have Conte willing to take the job, yeah, you, there, you can't say no, and I think that's what no, happened. Yeah, you can't. And, right. and uh, wow, best manager, I think, personally available. Um and it's a, it's a big, big hire from Spurs that I think everyone's excited about. I hate that we have to play the Conference League and that has to be his first match. But, you know, he's a proven track record and he's... Who do you been, play with a test at home? Yeah, tomorrow. So, it's a little shocking. For his the fans that. also, the fans were just out with Nuno. I mean, the booing the Lucas sub. I mean, it's so funny. All the fans are, yeah, giving, Lucas, are saying yeah. Lucas is a legend for... Uh, many things at Spurs, but getting Conte in is one of them. But uh, when the fans turn that much, you got to go. And the fans are all aboard. And from what I can tell with Conte, he's going to get a huge reception. And it shows ambition, hopefully, with the club. Um, so, 
Yeah, I have I mean, to be super excited, and I think other clubs are a little jealous. I I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, it's so funny seeing Ola save his job again, and then Conte coming to Spurs, and just seeing the reaction of like United fans being like, "Oh my God, we missed out." But I mean, honestly, I think with Conte, like one thing he's going to give you that we you just didn't see in the ten games with Nuno is a style of play that is recognizable every match. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think as a as a team, the number one thing you want to look for, even if you're not getting results, is are we playing a certain style that is progressing the team and moving the team forward? And I think with Conte, it might look a little uh, a little Brexit at times, with like a five at the back most likely, but there's going to be really good performances, I think really strong defensive performances. I just worry about the personnel, honestly. I think – Conte will yeah. most likely be able to get the most out of the squad and the good players that Spurs do like inevitably have. But I don't know. I just, when you look at some of the past teams he's coached, I mean, his Chelsea team would just play lights out and like they had the players and not to say Spurs don't, they have amazing players in certain areas of the pitch, but I just am really intrigued to see how his style of play will like translate with the players. Yeah. yeah. I'll say two things to, to, um, to go on top of what, what Bryce had to say and, Bryce knows a lot about, you know, having a manager who's trying to seriously implement, you know, a, a certain philosophy at a club and, and really put his imprint on the on the, the style of football in Graham Potter and, you know, the last couple of years at Brighton. And we can see even last year, you know, they 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 played fairly well a lot of the matches and, you know, obviously they won a lot, like so many XG and you know, whatever in the XG table, they finished a lot higher than their actual table. And, you know, it's obviously funny to laugh at and stuff, but obviously this year we can see that like that come to fruition. And um, it just goes to show like when you like try to really like implement a, a good like footballing philosophy and you, and you start to bring in players who can help like build towards that system, it really usually does work. Like Josh was saying, you have to have this like premeditated system of, you know, well thought out like plan to you know have success in the Premier League like ultimately the best football league in the world and then going even further on on what Bryce said um you you know when Conte was at Chelsea I mean obviously he had more time to implement like in in terms of the you know having a season and then a preseason and then winning the title but just to I guess bring that like philosophy and that style so we'll see you know he doesn't have as nearly as much time now but um you know, he got the best out of players like Victor Moses, who was on he was at loan he was on loan at West Ham in 2015-16, I think. Um, yeah, he was. And you know, he was okay for us. I mean, I think that was when Alonzo popped off that year and was incredible. So I mean, you never know. I mean, could Reggion do the same? Is that Emerson, you know, on the on the in the right wing back roles that Daugherty? Is that is that even Lucas Mora? You know, where's Sun gonna play? Is Sun gonna play up top of Kane, or is he gonna be pushed out to the wing? So it's, gonna be really it's, there, it's it's definitely it's something to to keep an eye on. Yeah, I could see Kane and Sun at the top, which would be great. Um, I yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. I mean, we're hearing good things, so but I hate the ex Chelsea, but I have to like Conte as a coach, and I'll be eating pasta for the next month. Soup pasta. Pasta, I just worry. Yeah. I just worry about the center backs. I mean, Romero, I think, is a really solid player. I really liked him at Atalanta, and I think that he's gonna turn up good for Spurs this season. But I mean, if you think about, let's say they play back back five, and they have those three center backs, and also in a back five, like you need to be able to rotate center backs. Like I feel like that's pretty key. I mean, if you look at it, Dyer, Sanchez, 
Like, I guess Tanganga can play there, but he can also play it probably at the right wing back spot. I just hope that, you know, I feel like often with like Mourinho, he kind of wanted them to play that like really hard defensive style and really like control games, but they just didn't have the defense to do so. So I, I don't know. I'm just really hoping that with the center backs that they have, that he can, he can get, you know, the best out of them. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, so we talked a lot about Spurs. Josh, did you get everything off your chest? I feel like we yeah. we, we covered them fairly well. Um, so let, let's move across to, to well, our cross-London rivals, and they, they were up in, in Geordie territory this this past weekend in the Toon Army. They took business, the league leaders, Chelsea. Uh, they dominated – well, they dominated, but they probably had – they had most of the possession. They had, uh, you know, most of the chances. Callum Wilson and St. Maximin didn't really seem to make an impact. And ultimately, Reese James, you know, bagged a couple of goals. And then Jorginho being the selfish fraud that he is didn't let him take the penalty for the hat trick. So, you know, Chelsea continue to lead the league. And um, like Chilwell said this past week in the interviews and the press conferences, it's the, two goals. Just, he's coaching the defenders to do the attacking and scoring of the goals and the attackers to do the pressing and the defending. So it's kind of an interesting system. Um, I don't think we have to speak that much on Chelsea right now because we've, we've uh, you know, discussed them a lot in, in past weeks. So let's um, – Let's move quickly, just a quick um, talk about, we have to talk about Palace. I mean, what a result. After a City, you know, they lost to us in the Carabao Cup midweek, which was obviously a shock result just because they, they dominate that competition. And then I mean, Palace, they were incredible. Connor Gallagher was just like top class, obviously, having the goal and the assist. Um, so what, what did you guys make of that, that match? I mean, I can go ahead and start because uh, Palace hold a special place in my heart, but not one of them. I, mean, <laughs> I think that I just I don't know. I I thought it was a good match. Like on it, I watched most of the match, and I was honestly really impressed with Palace at times. Like I kind of thought Vieira was a fraud at first when he came in. I kind of figured yeah. like I said that he, too at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't really think that he was going to be able to like pull the team together and get good performances out of them. Even though I really did like some of their additions, um, you know. Gallagher is just class. Like, he's he's definitely class. And I hate to say it because, like, even against Brighton this season, he played, like, a blinder of a match. And, I mean, he he just has, like, this, like, arrogance about him. Not in a bad way, though. Like, a really, like, a lot of confidence. And he's a really young player. And I think he showed at, at times at West Brom last season alone that, you know, he's quality. But with Palace, I feel like he really is able to kind of come into his own because he has good players around him. And, you know, with the red card, that definitely hurt City. But um, it was funny in the uh, post-game presser with Pep, you know, he's like, we create more with 10 men than Palace do the whole game with 11. And it's he's not wrong, but that's just salty Pep talking, obviously. But, I mean, you know, with, with Palace, like, I think really well. Yeah, exactly. I think Palace did really well to kind of control the game after the red, like, at least in terms of defending. And, you know, I think that's really impressive in itself, and especially against the City team that can just dismantle you on any day. So, good on Palace. I mean, what in the hell is going on with Palace? That's all I have to say. What a hardworking team. Good on them. They have two wins this year, City and Spurs. (laughs) I mean, that's ridiculous. They have two losses this year. The same amount as City and West Ham. That's less losses than United. That's an incredible job. It's a good squad. They're not even fully healthy. 
brilliant match. Nicked it early. That's exactly what you want going on the road. And they get under your skin a little bit. Zaha is perfect. He did that against Spurs. And City yeah, had literally wor worst nightmare. First half, like somewhat soft. Like it's a red card, but it's like it's not, you know, City. It's just like a mental air red card kind of thing. And that's literally the recipe to disaster when you're a big team and you're losing. And you can't have that happen. And fair play to Palace. Yeah, I mean, Vieira has honestly proven me wrong. I mean, I said at the beginning of the season he was on fraud watch and he was on, he was on, you know, he was on, he, he might, he might be, he might be the first one to be sacked. And uh, I want to personally apologize to Mr. Patrick Vieira. I mean, he was clearly he's been top class this year and he's known, he, you know, he's known how to uh, get the best out of this Palace squad. And like Josh said, they're not even fully healthy and they're also very young. So, I mean, uh, it's, um, they're definitely an interesting one to watch going forward, and they made some good signings. So, all credit to Palace. Um, what did you just quickly? What did you guys make of the the red card? I know that um, there was a similar situation in the early kick on Saturday where Johnny Evans sort of took down Aubameyang, and I think he received a yellow card. But it was honestly fairly similar. I mean, he could have been seen red for that, but um, obviously later in the day, Laporte was shown red for that. I mean, did you guys think that was a red card? Did um, do you see the Johnny Evans incident did you, with Aubameyang? Do you think it was that different? Um, just wanted to hear that. I didn't see it. Um, but by definition, it's denying obvious goals for an opportunity. I feel like we've seen a fair yeah. few of those recently. You just can't make a foul in that position, but I have zero problem with it. I think it was a foul as soft as it is and unfortunate as it is. It's a foul. Yeah. S similar to the yeah. – the delict one and the euros um, for Netherlands. Yeah, yeah Joey, it's, yeah. I'm glad you brought up the the Evans challenge because I mean, to me, like when I was watching the game back and the highlights, like I don't know, I kind of thought that was a red, and I mean, it looked to me like it was a clear denial of a goal scoring goal scoring opportunity. So, I mean, with Laporte, like like you said, it's similar. So, I mean, a red is probably fair, but you just like, especially with teams like City a red changes the way they play to a certain extent because, you know, obviously they're down a man. So in certain areas of the pitch, they're going to be maybe a little more exposed or maybe not to yeah. the ball as much as they'd like. But, I mean, I think the red, while it changed the game, Pep wasn't wrong in saying that they still were able to engineer more chances. Yeah. You lost 2-0. Come on. I don't know. I hate yeah, that. I mean, yeah. yeah, they, yeah, they lose 2-0. But at the end of the day, yeah, Palace is the better team. But – is the is the red card fortunate? Yeah, I mean, any but at this at the end of the day, that's how it goes. That's football, and you know, Palace did amazing with with what they had in that game, and they were like I said, they were able to weather the storm, clean sheet against City, which is not easy to do. So, props to them. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't really say much about the red card being you know the the determining factor when Palace keep a clean sheet and you know score two goals. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a fair assessment, and. Palace, I think, deserved the full three points. Um, and clearly, they kind of like going to City. I mean, obviously, that Andrews Townsend strike a couple years ago. I, I think we all three were. I think we were all three at Josh's crib watching that together. So they just they kind of like it up there that he had. But um, let's just move. Kind of another transitional match. Um, we have to give a shout out to our boy, uh, yeah, <laughs> Maxwell Maxwell Cornet. He's setting the Premier League alight. We were just Burnley. talking about I mean, too. Yeah, he's he's like he's like the most non-Burnley player of all time, but yet know, he is just absolutely balling out. I mean, he's absolutely he could have had two goals, um, and instead he's just like 
well, the one well, one was ruled off for offside, and then the other one, uh, I mean, it was brilliantly taken, probably the goal of the match week. And, oh, I guess Ronaldo's was incredible, but, you know, he's taken the ball down, chopped it onto his right, his weaker foot, and just, like, put it top bins from outside of the box. So, I, do, I mean, quickly, do you guys have anything to say about the, the Burnley-Brentford match? You know, Brentford have kind of a skid lately. That's definitely the first time any Burley fans seen three goals the first half of the Premier League for them at home. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, to to your point, like Cornet, like he's such a like not what you imagine when you think think of Burnley. But I think it's kind of refreshing for them to, you know, the players like they seemed like so excited for him when when he got his goal. And I know he had scored in past matches, but um they just look so excited and he's a different type of player than what they have. I mean, they have a few quality players like McNeil I've always liked. And, you know, I think they have some really solid, solid midfielders. And, I mean, Wood is just such a, like, steady forward as well. But I just like it. He's like a, um, a nice, like, change of pace for Burnley. And he kind of brings a different element to that team. Uh, so I was happy for him. He scored a great goal, like you said, probably goal of the match week. Fun fact, I don't know if you guys saw this, but former OSU cornerback Malcolm Jenkins bought a share in Burnley. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I thought that was pretty shocking as well. I mean, hopefully he did his research. But Burnley, they're just one of those teams that I feel like they're always just going to stick around in the prem and just scrape by. And, I mean, like you said, for, like three goals in the first half, like that's kind of shocking. And especially with, you know, on the other side of things, Brentford, like I, you know, I'll say at the beginning of the season, I kind of just lumped them in with probably a relegation battle. But, I've really enjoyed watching them and the way they played throughout the season, but it was kind of shocking. I mean, they had a few chances, but uh, – and they ended up scoring a wonder goal. I don't know if you saw the, the goal yeah, in the second half. Quality. But, yeah, amazing well, well goal. Taken. But you would just expect more. And, you know, yeah. to, to the point of of Joey, like, you know, they've kind of been struggling as of late, but I, I still back them to, to push on and maybe get, get around a mid-table finish, anywhere from, like, 14th to – I think they'd probably be really happy with this season. Yeah. I, I, quickly about Brentford, I'm just concerned because Raya, I mean, obviously, the, the, the loyal podcast followers will know that I predicted them to stay up and, like, finish probably 15th. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, Josh and Fu had given me um, stick for that. So, I, obviously, I was feeling good about that after the first, what, like, six or seven matches. Um but I'm worried because Raya was so good for them, and I, he's out for multiple months. So I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if um, – I don't know when he's coming back, but I kind of wouldn't be surprised if they tried to sign somebody, like a free agent, I guess, if they could do that, or uh, maybe sign somebody in January, like a better keeper. Because I've seen what can happen, like with Roberto West Ham a couple years ago, and you have just a horrid goalkeeper, and it can genuinely ruin your season. So I hope for Brentford they get somebody decent or the the – I think the current keeper is called Fernandez. I hope he kind of improves so we can see, um, you know, them back to playing good football. Um, okay, let's go on to Super Sunday. Also Halloween, October 31st. Um, we had the... We're just going to skip the seagulls like that? Yeah, no, we got Oh, talk. sorry, 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 sorry. What am I doing? I, I'm, How I'm could you missing, forget? I'm missing... I'm missing the uh, arguably the result of the weekend, the Brighton Super Seagulls. Thank God I'm here, mate. Thank God I'm and here. And I know I'm. So I'm actually genuinely sorry about that, Bryce. I was getting I was getting a little bit overexcited to talk about my <laughs> uh, my, my 
squad. But let's let's move to Anfield. Um, Brighton obviously get a get a I guess sort of shock comeback. Uh, you know, down two 0 and then a, a Sadio Mane goal ruled out for uh, a handball, and uh, and they come back and Wapu gets them back in it. And it was it Trossard who scored the, the equalizer. Indeed, it was. Yeah, so take it away. Let us know. Uh, let us know about the performance and and yeah. just just how massive the seagulls are. I mean, I'll just say football is just such a wonderful sport for a plethora of reasons. But <laughs> that game, that game could have been three zero and done and dusted in the first half. Like, and like it was, it was giving me like shades of us playing City the week prior, where City go up three zero and you're just like, oh dear God, like this could be horrible. I mean. When and also, I don't know. Hopefully, the viewers watch the match because Brighton are huge. But when you when you're watching, you see when you see us playing in the back. So I think it went from like Motor to Cucurella, like out at left wing back, who plays who plays like Veltman center back. And at this point, like Bobby Sanchez's heels are on like the goal line, and we're we're playing him the ball and yeah, a high press, very casual, very casual. Yeah, I mean, and with a high pressing team like Liverpool, like that's just a recipe for disaster. And Klopp actually said in the post game that that was his favorite goal of the match, and it was like his favorite goal he's seen in a while. And it's funny because it's literally just Mane sliding in like at 100 miles an hour trying to nick the ball off Sanchez. And, I mean, that's like the effort Klopp wants to see, and that's like the press that he wants. And, you know, what a change in fortune for it to get disallowed. And then Mwepu Screamer, arguably across, but we'll just go with Screamer. <laughs> into the back of the net. And they Allison were couldn't about, see Allison. it, blinded by the sun. Yeah, that's what they're. That's that's the agenda they'll push. But Wepu baller, just absolutely rocket mm. cross into the net. But I mean, so when when we obviously get the goal back and it's two one, things like look good. And I mean, I with Brighton, like in the way we've played the past few seasons, and you know the character that we've shown against like the big six sides. I mean, I felt the whole time, especially when we're kind of asserting ourselves into the game you feel as if we can get a point out of it. And inev- inevitably we did. And I mean, what a goal. Like I encourage people to go look at the second goal. It goes, go Sanchez, like beautiful ball out to Cucurella. And then like a few passes yeah. back out. Yeah, just, he's just absurd. I mean, he's changed our team. Like, you know, when you think of like a left wing back, kind of like left mid signing, you don't think about someone who's going to absolutely come in and just change the, you know, the team and, just what a spark he is. I mean, he's class. Yeah. He's a class yeah. player. And I mean, if, yeah, so yeah. the goal was this, brilliant. I mean, what a match. Like like I said, when we were kind of asserting ourselves in the second half and Liverpool, like, didn't have much of the ball, which I think is the best way to play against us. You have to control the ball against Brighton. Um, but it was just a beautiful passing sequence. And Trossard, the calmness to slot that home for a 2-2 draw is just amazing. And we could even have but, a win which was insane. Trossard scores, but he was like a half stride offside. But, um, you know, I'm not getting greedy. I I loved I loved the character from the boys, and 2-2 I think is pretty fair, even though it could have been awful from the first half. So yeah. just really crazy how things how things go in, in a football match. Yeah, I know. Um, I, just quickly, I think, you know, Cucurella is having sort of that Lampy-like impact. I mean, it's, and hopefully, knock on wood, you know, he stays healthy. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. I guess Lampy is kind of just more stretches the defense. but And Cucurella does that to an extent, but he kind of just 
he's he's made a lot of incisive passes obviously and like the one he made in the, I don't even know who was it was it Mope and then he laid off the ball to Trossard do you even know I mean I don't for the second Lallana, goal I mean Lallana. it was Lalana okay Lalana I mean lot like Lana getting assists back at Anfield, so I'm, I'm sure he's loving that. Um, yeah. And then, and I know, just we should obviously mention Fu. I know he's he's clearly upset. Like, you know, Van Dyke and and Kanate did not cover themselves in glory that match. Um, I don't know if Fabinho played. Honestly, I didn't get to watch that one. I watched the highlights, but um, if he didn't, I'm pretty sure they were kind of missing his presence there. And I know Fu is clearly upset. I mean, they, um, you know, that's a match at Liverpool, and you know, and a in a season where they're trying to regain the title, I mean, they need those three points at home. They need to make Anfield a fortress. And obviously Brighton are one of the better sides in the league. They're, you know, they're definitely in the top half. But, um, but again, you, you you can't afford to lose those, or not lose those, but drop points in those matches. So, I mean, it might well feel like Brighton. And, yeah, for them, I'm sure it does. So, especially being up 2-0, being up 3-0, you know, for, you know, a space of time. Obviously, it was taken back, but. I'm I'm sure they're gutted. So, yeah, those are the points in a title season that you need um, if you're trying to win it. Mm-hmm. I have to say, go listen to the pod last week. There's a reason I record a podcast. Predicted one one draw ends two two. How about that? Got some shit for that. I'll take it. Brighton are the boys. I knew they were gonna a little, get a, a madness, but it just happens. A little like different than Foo's five one prediction. But. <laughs> <laughs> so much can happen in a game and like it's just it, the ebbs and flows and uh credit to Brighton that's a very well earned point and unlucky to not get more in Liverpool need to go back in the shop and improve their uh defense even though the offense is clicking very well yeah and and you have to you know not only credit Brighton's play style again but just their mentality because to come back like that at Anfield is, is something that's not easy to do so um, clearly Potter, you know, is building something, something special there. And, um, hopefully the, you know, that, that long may that continue because I genuinely enjoy watching Brighton. And I think, I don't know. I mean, whenever, like, you know, whenever West Ham play them, I want to batter them. But other than that, like, I, I really like kind of do hope well, like on Brighton and wish well on them. So, um, yeah. More well, he reigns. Exactly. All right, now sh- should we move on to, to Super Sunday, or does anybody have any any more shouts from uh, the Quick shout-out just to get in. Ramsdale, quality save and impressive win yep. for Arsenal. Uh, definitely look like they've uh, figured out some uh, some of their matches and play style in the squad. Um, I have to mention them, unfortunately. Yeah, and just and just quickly, I mean, Ramsdale had an amazing game, and, like, he, he, he was feeling it, too. He was loving the match, but just like on the other side of things, Lester, I just don't know what uh, to think about them. I mean, they, of course, like they've just been like injury riddled and just, you know, like they, it's, it's poor, like to the feel of the squad that you don't feel is your best 11 each week. But I mean, I just don't know what to make of them. I think they still have quality in and around like the pitch, but I don't know. I mean, 2-0 to Arsenal and Arsenal that's kind of growing into their skin more and more each week. It's not necessarily a bad result, but and they Lester really did push as well in the second half. So, but you know, we'll just have to see how both their seasons pan out going forward. Yeah. Um, real quick, just I have a couple of things. Actually, I'm glad you guys brought that up. But just regarding the match, so Lester, uh, you know, let's go to XG. Lester accumulated 1.87 XG on 16 
um, shots and four big chances, whilst Arsenal only had 0.69 XG on nine shots and one big chance. So I definitely think they, you know, they – if you watch the match, Leicester controlled the second half, and it, they had a lot of pretty good chances. It's a couple of times Harvey Barnes. I mean, obviously he's a good player, and I'm just thinking, like, it was one time he, like, shot right at the goal – right at Ramsdale, like, right at the goalkeeper from the touchdown. I'm thinking, just square the ball. There's going to be somebody there. And just some of the decision-making there, I was just – just a bit shocking. But, um, you know, clearly they did have chances. They kind of just didn't convert. Um, I, again, I, I watched that match, and I was just waiting for them to get that first goal early in the second half and then for it to just be, like, a cracker of the match the rest of the time. But, you know, it never came, and Ramsdale was brilliant, and – Ben White, Gabriel, like the whole defense was pretty good. So um, credit to Arsenal. I think that's, you know, you got to grind out results like that in the Premier League when you maybe the stats don't say you should have won, but, you know, you were the one who took the chances. So um, credit to Arsenal on that. Um, and then, oh, the last thing, everybody was gassing up the um, Ramsdale save. I thought it was very good, but people were saying it was the save of the season and, I don't know. I mean, I did. I thought it was a, a good save, like a very good save. But I didn't like people. I, I just thought like people were gassing it so much. Like I thought most keepers would have made that save. It just looked a bit dramatic because it was like a free kick and it was like it was going sort of in the corner. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, it was for not me, a it was corner. I mean, it's a great uh, save. Yeah. It's a great save. I just thought it was, like, people were saying save of the year. Like, I think we'll see several saves better than that. I mean, it's got a lot of air time, but it was a good save, and it kept them in a great position in the match and definitely helped them win it. And it's a player who's getting a little bit of stick for moving Arsenal and, like, why do they get him? And so yeah, I have to credit I mean, it was him. an expensive signing. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, I'd argue, I don't know if you guys saw, but his first save against Nacho was better to me. Like, I mean, yeah, it was like that, the whole sequence was quality. That, yeah. that shot was, it was curling like upper 90, and uh, Ramsdale gets fingertips to it. Like, and like, it looks, it just happens so quick in the replay to where like you can't tell if it's like a hit post or, or what, but just like he gets literal fingertips on it to direct it wide. And to me, that save is way more impressive because well, first off, you have to propel yourself into the air full stretch and then a fingertip save to, to get like a strong you know pointer finger on that is insane like I, I'd say that save is better than the one he tipped onto the crossbar but I mean both quality saves Ramsdale's looking pretty solid and you know as I was saying Arsenal week, week in and week out now are just kind of looking better and better but we'll just see how, how long that lasts you know but. yeah I mean I don't think they've been you know, I mean, we talked they had some tough fixtures at the at the beginning, but um, we'll uh, we'll see how they how they continue on uh, down the season. I feel like whenever we talk about Arsenal, it's just been like a we'll see, we'll see. So they're kind of just like this. And right, I can right. see them sort of finishing in that nine to six range, ten to six range. I mean, six. They got they got a good draw in the league, like their possible the league best. cup against Sunderland. So. Against Sunderland, so. yeah, that maybe they'll win the silverware there, but. Um, and, and this last thing about Ramsdale, you do kind of have to love like him going in the like Leicester chant, like after he booted the goal kick, and you go, Oh, ah, yo, shit, you know, shit. that's just quality, ah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's just as a football fan, you, you kind of love to see that. So he seems like he seems like a good lad. Um, okay, now let's go on to Super Sunday, unless anyone has any objections. 
finally go. Sorry, I was I was jumping the gun. Um, honestly, I'm not even going to mention, like, give that much airtime to the match at Carroll Road. The, there was a championship match that was qualified as a Premier League match. Um, an injured Leeds against an absolutely shocking Norwich 2-1. Rafinha kind of ran the match. Uh, I'd say Leeds probably were the better side. It, I was complaining about it in, in, our, in a group chat and and then, like, all of a sudden, you know, five minutes later, it kicked off and there was, like, three goals in about 10 or 15 minutes. So, um, I think, was that Leeds? That was Leeds' first away win of the season. Um, and they uh, and they needed the points. So now North's dropped even farther down the table and farther away from safety. So, like I said, they're the ultimate yo-yo club and they might set the record for uh, the lowest point total of all time, I think. I think they're still on for it. Um, if you guys don't have anything on them, uh, do you have I, anything? Real quick, I'd, yeah, I would like to add something about Leeds. Like, I mean, Rafinha is just top baller. Like, he is so class. Like, his goal, like, was so well taken. And, I mean, he just looks like such a good signing for them. And, I mean, I'll be interested to see how long they can hold on to him because – I definitely think bigger things beckon for him. And whether it's in the Premier League, I mean, I don't know about Fu, but I would like to see him at like a team like Liverpool where he can just Yeah, he's been linked. He's and, been linked, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, or maybe a, a move abroad elsewhere, but he's just a quality player. And Leeds, I think they're frauds for sure, but I mean, he is just They are seriously amazing. banged up right now. I can't call them frauds yeah. how they did last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, they're banged up. No, I. I agree with you, but, like, at the same time, like... They don't even have Bamford, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right, but I don't know. I just haven't been really impressed with performances, but at the same time, Brian literally true Norwich, so I can't say much about it. But, I mean, Rafinha is quality, and I think they do have a lot of really good players, so we'll have to see. And just one other player that I'm interested to see what will happen with him at Leeds, Dan James gets his first assist of the season. But yeah, it was a good yeah. assist. Yeah, I think a decent signing for them. We'll just have to see again how that goes, but um, I'd like to see him create more and hopefully get on the, the score sheet for them soon. But that's all I wanted to add. For sure. I think that was um, that was important that we, you know, at least gave a little bit of light to that that match. Um, but now let's, let's, let's move on to... Uh, Let's move on to the biggest club in all of London. Tied for third in the table on points, but in fourth technically on goal difference. West Ham, the mighty irons doing the business again. It's just it's, it's kind of typical at Villa. Um, the, the, the Academy of Football products, Ben Johnson, 21 years old, and Declan Rice doing the business in the first half, putting us up 2-1 at the half, and then Jared Bowen and uh, Pablo Fornells finishing it off. Um, I just thought it was a – it was um, – I don't want to say it was a great performance. It was good. It was kind of sloppy at times. Um, the game kind of opened up, especially in the second half, and honestly, especially after the red card, which um, I think Ezri Conto was probably more unlucky to be sent off, although I think he did deny a clear goal-scoring opportunity, even though there was hardly any, any contact on Bowen. I mean, he – did bring him down, but I think uh, Courtney House was the one that was really lucky to not be sent off for absolutely clattering Pablo Fornals in the face with the absolute sharp elbow to his face. Um, and I think a lot of people were saying that in the Champions League, it was very possible that both of those players would have been sent off, and however harsh that would have been. I mean, it, if you look at it objectively, it was probably the truth. So, I mean, me as a West Ham fan, I'm absolutely buzzing at just, like, 
our continued performance as, as Josh shakes his head in the corner because he's a bit he's a bit shocking that that we're on on a on a good one right now. We're on a great run, undefeated in in Europa League, gets to drop points. You know, fourth in the Premier League and in in the Carabao Cup semifinal. So life is good as a West Ham fan. I just have to enjoy it right now and just uh, and hope things can at least like you know I'm expecting them to drop off because we haven't faced the toughest opposition yet, but. We have City and Liverpool, or Liverpool and City coming up, and I think Chelsea shortly after that. So I'm sure we'll drop points, but um, anything we can take from those matches will be um, will be points gained. So uh, I don't know. Did you guys watch? What do you think? What do you think about Villa? Um, clearly, you know they missed Ings as well, um, and, and also a, a talking point is they dropped um, they dropped Tyrone Mings to the bench. So that that was interesting to see how they fared without him. Although he did come on after the red card. And, Maybe well, he didn't really even stabilize them because we ended up getting two goals. But um, your thoughts on uh, everything from Villa Park? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you can go, Bryce. No, thanks. Sorry, sorry. But I, you know, I like to slander Mings because Dunk should have made the England squad over him. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> I just never really thought he was that good of a player or defender like at that. And so. Like, seeing him, like, relegated to the bench for the match, whether it's tactical or whatever it may be, like, I don't know. I, I do feel for him a little bit just because, he, I don't know, I don't want him to lose his place, but I do need to see a little more from him, especially, you know, when if like, at times they've played a five-back and maybe that's a sign that they don't necessarily trust the defense as much this season. Um, you know, to speak on West Ham, like, they looked really good in the second half, and I mean, to see Declan Rice getting on the score sheet, like, I know, like, he doesn't score often, but he has that in his game, and he's just a quality player. Like, he's he's a great player, and, like, in the midfield, like, I really think that, you know, he's going to be a player that can be, like, a mainstay in England for, you know, years and years to come. But Captain, so, future captain, yeah, mate. I mean, uh, 22 I years it, old. Like, I can see it in his future, and, like, I just – I think that, like, you know, with – with, like, the good performances that West Ham have been accumulating throughout the course of the season, like, other teams, like, maybe teams that are mid-table or, or you know, kind of on the fringe of the top, like, six or top eight, they have to look at West Ham as, like, just such, such a, like, a, a good, I guess, model for, you know, if you get a good manager in place, you have the right personnel, you play the right way, and, like, you have this plan, like Josh spoke on, like, at the very beginning of the pod, like, you can do great things, and, you know, I love seeing teams like West Ham, like, in the top four because, like, they're such a big club, and, you know, they have good quality players. But, yeah, I mean, Villa, like, are, for me, kind of like a team in limbo at the moment. I know you guys touched on them in the last pod and said you think that they have the capabilities to, like, push top eight, top, like, seven even. And I just – I'm not too sure. Like, I, I think they have good players, and like you said, they are missing innings. And I do back Watkins, Bailey, Buendia. Like, they have good attacking options, but – I just am going to need to see, um, you know, a better defensive structure from them. And, and I'm sure that, you know, they'll kind of find their form throughout the season and finish around those spots that you guys were talking about. But credit to West Ham, great match. I mean, I love seeing Bowen get on the score sheet as well. It's, it's often Antonio, Benrahma. JB. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he works harder as, or just as hard as anyone out there. So happy to see him get on the score sheet. Josh, I don't know if you had anything you want to add. Not much. It was a good match. A lot of energy in it uh, with the red cards and uh, a, a nice edge to it, I thought. And credit to West Ham for keeping uh, on with what they've been doing, pushing on forward and getting wins like they, uh, uh, in matches that they deserve.
Um, and Villa just, yeah, they're stuttering out of the gates for sure and not looking like the side they have shown at their best, but a red card does do you in, so. Yeah, yeah it, it will do that. Okay, last, just last thing, I also just want to give a shout-out to Ben Johnson, twofold one, because I think I may have mentioned this on the last pod, but, again, 21 years old, like, kind of was filling in for Vladimir so far, starting right back, and I think he's appeared in five matches now. Three or four of them have been in the league. Maybe it's six, five or six matches, and three or four of them have been in the league. And since he's played, he's only, only like, they've only conceded one goal, and honestly, the Watkins goal is well taken, um, did kind of hit off of Fabianski. Maybe could have been saved. And there was another one where Watkins hit the post after Fabianski got a fingers fingertip to it. But I mean, Ben Johnson is just like kind of helped solidify our defense. Has been great, and obviously, he got his second Premier League goal, his first of the season with that. I mean, it was a well hit, um, I guess, strike for the first mat- first goal of the match. I thought Martinez maybe could have done better, but also like he's probably blocked out because it went through a couple legs. But I mean, for a right back on his left foot, like it was a good strike into the corner. Um, and obviously, he's done the Bollywood celebration. There was the the video of, of him uh, of him resurfacing it from from him and his like I don't even know like. I guess primary school years, like doing that, and and I mean, Aaron Cresswell told him like, "Oh, if you score a goal like the day before, he's like, you got to do that celebration." So that uh, was just class to see, and like it just shows like the vibes of our squad right now are so so high and so good, and like as a supporter, it's just so fun to watch. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just honestly genuinely buzzing. So uh, let let's move on. I just just quickly cover. Um, Monday night football. Uh, I did not get to watch this match. I did see some highlights. Wolves 2, Everton 1. Good to see Raul Jimenez back in the goals, back in form. It looks like he's, um, you know, fully accumulated back to, you know, the, the speed, the physicality, and just the style of pr- the Premier League play. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely happy to see that. And uh, Bryce, you want to talk about Bruno Lage and, uh, you know, how well he's done to implement his philosophy on that team? Yeah, I mean... I was really impressed with Wolves in this match. Uh, in their last five, they have four wins and a draw, and they kind of started off slow, but the performances were there, and, you know, they created a lot of chances, so I kind of figured it was just a matter of time, and, you know, obviously that is coming to fruition. Um, Jimenez is a serious player. Like, he, his hold-up play was so class the whole game. The, like, they'll, you know, put it into his feet, and he'll create the space for himself, shield off defenders, and lay it off, and then you know, they can play a through ball to someone running on or he'll knock it down with his head and keep possession. He's just class, and his goal was really well taken, and he had a, a few other chances throughout the game, so I was really impressed with him and Wolves as a team. But, um, you know, speaking on Everton, like, they're just – I don't know. Like, they're just in a decline, and I know that they have had a lot of injuries, but I'm hoping that they can maybe find their form a little bit because I like to see a team like Everton do well as well. But – uh, yeah, Wolves played really well, and uh, Jimenez, great player, and I'm really happy for him to get that goal. I think it was his first goal at Molyneux since, like, 2019 or something like that, so um, kudos to him. I hope that he gets a lot more this season. Yeah, and that partnership he's forming with, you know, Wang E. Chan is, is seeming very fruitful, and um, I think he's just on a loan. I don't know if there's an option to buy, but um, I mean, clearly he's met the physicality and, you know, just speed of the Premier League, and his finishing is is very good. I don't think he, you know, he didn't score in that match, but, um, you know, he's always looking lively and it just, it's, it's almost like, 
it, you know, it's, he's been finishing those chances at Troy. Just kind of, you know, unfortunately didn't. Yeah. You know, he's gotten all those positions, but his just finishing was just not good enough. And it's kind of seeming like, uh, you know, they're different players in a sense, but, you know, Wang has been finishing those chances. So, Josh, what was your take on that? Yeah, I, I think he had a goal ruled out. Um, yep, not entirely sure, but yeah. Um, but Wolves look like a decent side. Um, they've definitely turned the uh, ship around a little bit. And Everton are a little poor, three losses in a row. And uh, uh, whatever they uh, thought was uh, going to happen, um, clearly uh, they were doing well at the beginning of the season. It's just not looking like the team is up to par completely. Um, as they were relying on Damari Gray and Andros Townsend, I think most people could have told you that that wasn't going to consistently hold up. <laughs> but uh, it's still, they're still in an okay position. And I'm, you know, and they'll. Against the worst teams, they'll do fine. But, you know, I, I saw a tweet that said, uh, Everton were put on this earth to make Spurs fans feel better about themselves. Um, so uh, I guess I do feel a bit for the Everton fans because uh, that is a, it's a tough loss um, for a team in a club that probably deserves a little better. Um, but time will tell. Um, and uh, I, I don't think all is, is lost. They've been, they have been worse recently than they are right now. Um, so, yeah, and again, not positive. to beat a dead bush, but but they're waiting. You know, DCL is such a big part of that squad, and it's just, absolutely, you know, he's he is how they. It's like you know, it, I, I am not even going to use like you know metaphors, but they just like he is this, the center of that squad, and without him, it's just they kind of lack that figurehead. So um, yeah, and they're getting we'll have just to, real we'll have quick, to like, wait. They're getting Richarlison back, so um, hopefully he'll come up good with some goals here soon for them as well. But, yeah, the attacking options did look pretty thin. I mean, Damari Gray started off amazing and looked really good. And, I mean, you know, hopefully they can find some goals. But interesting match on Sunday, Spurs-Everton. We'll have to see how that goes. I mean, yeah, like with Conte's first game in, uh, in charge in the Prem for Spurs uh, and Rafa and his team struggling a little bit, I think it has – interesting storylines so we'll just we'll just have to see how it plays out yeah big weekend ahead um before we get to the quiz answers uh manchester derby um i think some united fans are a little uh, hopeful because they've had recent success i would not be yep. so sure i i They're think i see some i think match. i see city being uh victorious there um and the main man, Cornet. No Pogba we, either in that match, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's suspended. still suspended. The main man, Cornet, going up against... Uh, he's, oh, he's going to ruin the, Chelsea, mate. The first Cornet. place lads. Um, and then we got a we, West Ham-Liverpool. That's West Ham -Liverpool. Uh, arguably as big of a match as the Manchester Derby. So, uh, Foo yeah, versus I, Joey, a little uh, podcast on podcast violence. So, that'll be a fun one to watch. A little, pon a little podcast derby. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be a great weekend. And, you know, I'm really excited with the different matches. Like just to talk a little bit about um, City United, I wouldn't be so sure. I mean, United like just come up good in this weirdest moments and like against the City team that they have had success against, like especially on the counter. I mean, I could see, I don't know. I don't want to go as far as saying United could make a win here, but like, I don't know. I think we'll see a better performance from them, especially after um, a big morale booster with Ronaldo scoring against Atalanta at the death over the week. So, I don't know. We'll see. And United always try to play their best against City. So, I wouldn't be so sure they're going to get battered. But 
uh, maybe I'll have to eat my words when City inevitably win like six nil or something like that. But I, I, actually, we'll to back to, to back that up, the, if I had to bet on one person scoring this weekend, like I guess just in terms of value for money, that like a lot of people probably wouldn't think. Like I think Rashford will like will bag. I mean, this guy loves to like show up in big matches. If you just look at his like career highlights, he just loves like when he plays against Liverpool or City, and I don't. He just like. He didn't play that well against Adelana um, in the Champions League, but um, in uh, in the um, who they play in the, um, well against Spurs and even in the match before, and he looked lively. Um, just getting in behind uh, and Bruno has been so good at playing in those balls this year. So I, I could definitely see Rashford bagging and uh, making the game a little bit more interesting. So, and also like, I, I think we just give a shout to John Stones. Like what is that partnership with Ruben Diaz going to look like? Obviously it was so good last year. He's kind of been pushed out of the squad um, after a long summer with England, with I Merrick Laporte, you know, being in good form and, and having a good relationship with Diaz, but now Stones, he has that opportunity to get back in and, um, you know, reestablish that incredible defensive run that him and DS and, and the rest of the, the city defense had last year. So I think that's another thing to keep an eye out, how they perform together this weekend. Yeah, tough own goal in the Champions League today for Stones um, off yeah. his face. Yeah. But, all right, yeah, get on to the uh, quiz answers Let's do here. the quiz. Go on the quiz. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so, when... yeah, uh, question number one, who had more goals, um, IU or Giroud? What do you guys think? I know the answer. It's Olivier Giroud because Andre Ayew has scored – or Jordan Ayew has scored about one goal in his last, like, 35 appearances yeah, with Crystal Yeah, he Palace. was horrible last season, so I put Giroud as well. I mean, he just – I just remember him being shocking. I mean, and Giroud could have played, like, two matches and he was Giroud, Giroud, four goals in 748 minutes. Oh, my God. Ayew, one goal. One goal. In One. 2,096. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, tough scenes on him. Bad. Though, I will say, I was looking at, at his stats, boy. and he has great underlying stats for his work rate on defense. And uh, so, I have to credit IU a little bit there, but not the great uh, goal scoring tally that he would hope. For me, no. For me, no. <laughs> Question number two is uh, who has most goals European competition? What are you guys thinking in uh, between the Arsenal and Spurs strikers? So I I'll went, go first. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So I went Kane because he's just been playing for Spurs, like in the Champions League and, you know, Europa League some, for so long. And then after that, I put Aubameyang. And then I have Son and Lacazette. I mean, Lacazette for Arsenal had came up good, like in Europa League. And I know he played for Lyon for a while and probably played in Europe there. But I just can't see Lacazette being above Son, Alba, or Kane. But... Joey? I mean, this is a great question. Honestly, I genuinely have no idea. I literally feel like we have the opposite answers. I literally put Lacazette first because I was like, wow. I, don't know, I just feel like he, he might have bagged, like, for Leon or, yeah, that's Leon. Yeah, I'm not, I'm really not sure. And then I just had Son because I don't like Leverkusen. I feel like they were probably in the Champions right, League when right. he was there. I could be so wrong, but I feel like he probably would have bagged. And then Abba, like, you know, at Dortmund, he definitely was, like, the figurehead there for a while after Lewandowski, so I feel like he bad. I mean, he could be first while we know. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm just putting Kane last. Like, I just didn't really know, to be honest. So, like, I'm not, like, 
I don't know. Uh, it wasn't like hating. I just like I was just like I was no, it's, it's it's your guesses. Yeah, you never know. You don't know if yeah. my bias is here or not. The answer is Aubameyang first, thirty-seven goals. Kane second, okay. thirty-six goals. Laka wow. third, twenty-seven what? goals. Son okay. fourth, twenty-three wow. goals. So wow, Abba, so... Kane, Laka, Son. There are fourteen goals apart in total. Um, and Great now question. In, uh, and number of appearances. Question, yeah. What do you guys think? Go ahead, Bryce. I had a similar, uh, like a similar ranking. So I have Alba first, though, in this one. Kane second. And then I have Lacazette and then Sun. Because I was just trying to factor in, you know, like their past teams and if they played in Europe. But I don't know. I'm not feeling too hot now after that first one. So what about yeah. you, Jimmy? I'm not feeling a hot either. I have no idea where this is going to go. Again, I have Sun first just because, like, honestly, I don't know why. <laughs> I, ha I have him there. So, um, I just – I don't know why. Like, assume Le he was in the Champions League a lot, well, a lot with Leverkusen. Like, I'm not really yeah. sure. And then I just had Lacazette because I feel like anytime you know, Leon were in Champions League or Europe, like, he definitely played. And then I had Abba and then – I don't know why I put Kane in last again. Like <laughs> – <laughs> I just did like so. Anyways, Kane Stonewall last. He's always been a little bit banged up. He's uh, last. Yeah, it's, that's kind of why. Because like when when Spurs made Champions League final, yeah, like Kane had played a Kane. lot of those matches. So, yes, yeah, and then, so, and he shouldn't have played in the final either. Morris yeah, should have been hurt. That's another. It's uh, Abba seventy five appearances. Lacazette sixty seven yep. appearances. Okay, Son sixty four. Kane sixty two, so they're all. But they were all close. Wow. Thirteen I mean, wasn't again. Yeah, wasn't. Yeah, very um, close. In both yeah, I thought you guys it would be a little test to see if how much you value their other appearances and their age because uh, they're yeah, all yeah. somewhat similar and whatnot. Um, all right. Uh, in terms of Brighton Instagram followers, what are Love you guys uh, thinking? I mean, I'll start it off. It's got to be Ali J. Like, he... Yeah, has he, to be. Iranian He's an Iranian legend. Yeah, come yeah, they on, all man. follow man, him. Like, they all... This I, I wrote down Ben so White, and I was like, no. I was like, no. It's got to be Ali J. I mean, he has... So, I, the whole country of Iran probably follows him on, on Instagram. Uh, you guys you guys did not bite any bait there. I couldn't get you there. You are completely correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He yeah, has 1.7 yeah. million followers. Oh, um, wow. Not even like, close. That's so many followers. Um, yeah. Credit to him. Build the brand and uh, get uh, get some sponsorships there. Yeah, Iran supports their people. Who do you guys think between Knockard and Ben White? Oh, I'll tell you what. What is it? Wait, what, 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 what was the next question? It was who, like, who, who did no, they No, 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 no. In terms of who between them have the most Instagram followers. Knockard and Ben White. I would say, oh, I'd say oh, Ben rank White again, because rank of English tax. I'd say oh, Ben I'd White because of the English tax. But I think Knockard, like, I mean, he was, like, a really big player at Brighton, like, you know, club legend, honestly. And uh, I don't know, but I'd have to say Ben White just because of England. I'm going Knockart. Like, you know, he was championship player of the year a couple of times, so maybe that guy has some cloud or some shit. I have no idea. Plus, he's, like, played for – Played for a couple big clubs in, in Britain. So, yeah, I'll just go with Anthony. 
It's Ben White, 417K. The Gooners don't mess around. Ooh. And then Knockart, tiny ass following, 42.4K. I know some. Dude, I know Jay some. Over I know some Galdem and Ali J is a baller. More followers than forty two k. I'm Galdem. Um. All right. So then, who follows the most people? This is just a banter question. Oh, the, yeah. This is the one that I. This is one I was thinking. I'm pretty sure Knocker follows the most people, or maybe Ali J. If Ali J can be involved in that, but it's probably Knocker. I put Ben White because I just hard. figure I figure Ben White's a big follow back kind of guy. <laughs> Lots of follow, follow for follow. Uh, it's yeah. it's Knockart. He follows eight hundred seven people. He's been around a fair few clubs, so he must have a lot of friends. And then Ali yeah. Reza with five twelve and Ben White with four twenty one. Small circle. Small circle for Ben White. (laughs) All right. On to the next question. What two clubs did Klopp and Tuchel both manage? As they're both German, what clubs? I know this one. Joey? I think I know him. Obviously, it's definitely Dortmund. And then is it Mainz? Is that the other one? Yep. Nice. Yeah. And Mainz and Dortmund. They've both been there. And they've both had success. What about the DFB Pokers, though? Oh, this is another great question. I like little themes. I have no idea. I just put Klopp. I put Tuchel. I think Tuchel won it at Mainz, but that doesn't sound right now. That I'm saying. I mean, I think he did though. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Tuchel. I'm gonna stay, stick with my answer. The answer is they both have won. They both won one at Dortmund. Neither uh, uh, <laughs> of, of them have an edge. Um, all right, and then next question is who has the most XG expected goals in the Premier League this season? Uh, Joey, I think I already asked you this, so you have a little cheat. Yeah, but well, Bryce, I know I knew the answer, I didn't know the answer, Bryce. You, you know, to admit, I knew the answer, so I, I don't know the answer, but I think my best shout would have to be. I put Salah, but, like, that's just obvious because he gets so many chances. And, like, I I feel like I just heard this stat a few days ago. Like, I don't know. It might be, like, Antonio or someone. I I would say Salah, no question. I think Joey said that, too, in the first glance. Somehow no, but it's I knew him. it wasn't him. So, I, I don't know. I him. don't know exactly how. I took this off of fbref.com. It's a great Yeah, there are stats. different. There are different. I don't know exactly XG, how they collect yeah, XG. It could be, this could have been non-penalty, but I don't think it was. I think it was just in general XG. Um, it's not Salah, and it's not Antonio. Uh, Joey, you want to tell us who it is? Sadio Mane. Sadio I Mane. I knew that. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. I, yeah. Six point three xg. I think Salas is six point one. So it's pretty close. Which just goes to show also how clinical Salah has been this yeah. year. And just gen- yeah, yeah. incredible, mate. I mean, he's, yeah. But I mean, honestly, Mane's had a great season too. He has I think six he scored, goals. Six point yeah, three xg. And, and I think. I think over overall and like in all competitions, I think he started eleven or twelve matches in all competitions, and he scored at least once in eight of those matches. So you know he's having quietly, he's having a very good season again, and he's kind of back to that form from their title winning season in nineteen twenty. So good for Mane. I mean, I, I like to see him firing, and it makes Liverpool that much more exciting. So. Yeah, they're gonna miss them in Afcon. There's no question about that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I heard right. rumors of it getting delayed, though. 
Really? I saw that. No idea. But that'd, be, that'd be huge. Unfortunately, Spurs don't have many African players. Um, what player has five yellow cards? Anybody know? Honestly, I, I, I genuinely... This is a tough one. I, I, I actually did know he was suspended because of fantasy, and some people had him. Um, very few, but some did. Um, but I, I would have forgot it off the top of my head. I'm going to go. Oh, sorry. I just, I, I think I lagged out, but that's the first time it's happened for me on the podcast. But um, I just said, like, I, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think Fernandinho's played enough matches. So I generally have no idea. I was asking Bryce, yeah. like, what do you think? I, I'm said Eric here. I said it's probably, yeah, I feel like Eric Peters or like Matthew Loudon. Like, it's got to be some, some Burnley fodder. But what, is, go ahead, Josh. Yeah. Answer is Emmanuel Denise for Watford. He's got five uh, yellow cards and he's got suspended. This is a fair warning. There is a fair few. I hope you guys are listening, one. all of you Premier League players with four yellow cards. There's at least like six players on four yellow cards through fucking 10 matches. Yeah. So do not get suspended. They have to wait till like it's like game week 18 or 19, then they get yeah. carried over to 10. But a fair few. I know like Brownhill, I'm pretty sure, for. Uh, um, Burnley has on four. Oh, so that Brown, was Hill, my decent, bench fodder. Decent shot for Bryce there. And then anybody know career path defender Lille PSG Roma Barcelona. And then and yeah, so, Premier League. Yeah, anybody who was it's able a French to player. On one? That's one clue. <laughs> Lille. Yeah, that was one of the clues. With Lille to PSG, I mean it's a French player. And then I was just racking my brain, but like I don't know, like. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's a it's a good one, honestly. I honestly don't know. I, my, I guess my wait is he is he actively in the Premier League right now? Yes. Who's your shout, Bryce? I don't know. I mean, uh, Barcelona, right. like, like Dina never played there. I don't know. I mean, At Barca? Yeah, he did. Dina? Yeah. That's what I wrote, Dina, but I don't think it really is because I don't think he he's did a PSG. play Barca. Okay, then I'll just go. Yeah. I don't know. I'll just go. Dina. Oh my god, you guys absolutely nick that a little bit of teamwork right back and forth. Wow, I, he was at PSG. I had no idea. Yeah, I, knew, I wrote, I wrote him down. Honestly, I didn't know anybody else. Right, I didn't think he was at PSC to be honest, or Leo. That's but class. That's yeah, class. nice job, go guys. On. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for doing that. Uh, hopefully, the listeners appreciated that too. And I that was a lot of fun. If any, that was really got, fun. If any of you guys got ten out of ten, there, we gotta in, uh, send us a Twitter DM, and we'll uh, give you a little retweet. But we'll, yeah, yeah we'll just tweet us. Hopefully yeah, you guys enjoy it. Um, and hopefully, you guys like this pod. I'm in a great mood as a Spurs fan. Somehow, after we're being just woeful recently, but. Um, the new manager uh, boost inbound um, and uh, great to have good friend Bryce on the pod and hear all the bright yeah, and insight. Thanks for having me. Hopefully you guys enjoy having a little bit of a different um, thing without foo. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. You guys had anything last moments? No, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. It was a really good time. Maybe I can come back as a guest sometime. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think we're definitely likely to, you know, try to include Bryce. Maybe if it's not for a full episode, at least get him on for a little yeah, bit of yeah. Brighton, Brighton portion and just kind of update that. Um, or maybe just continue to do the trivia, something like that. So 
we'll see what happens. But um, like Josh said, thanks for for bearing with us, guys. And even though you know, Fu is so good at doing the hosting and just keeping you know kind of like setting Josh and I up to talk about the topics, and I try to do that a little bit tonight. Um, definitely not nowhere near his ballpark and and how good he is at that. So obviously we missed him, but we're looking uh, forward to to next week and getting him back and to talk about you know how West Ham battered Liverpool, hopefully and and how there was an exciting match in the Manchester Derby. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully the Premier League provides once again and just um, does what it does. And the, after this weekend, we do have a, an international break, so our least favorite time of the year. Um, but it will be exciting because the, the U.S. men's national team does host Mexico in a big World Cup qualifying match, and it's in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I live. So I will be attending to to watch the uh, the U.S. probably break my heart, but we'll see what happens. So, um, again, thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully the, the Premier League is is another exciting weekend uh, coming up. And uh, come on, you Irons, and thanks for watching the uh, Across the Podcast. Yeah, engage in our Twitter, at PL Podcast. Give us share it with your friends, retweet, like, and uh, comment on our posts. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.